Do a zoom on zoom zoom. That's for real. In my boom in the boom boom. Just shake your rump. That's all him. You get a yes, this Teddy. Ready for the one two checker. That's all for else. Pin. You know what I mean? So it was early on that that brother knew like he was different. You know what I'm saying? He was special. So you know I don't take nothing from him, man. He he he's a he's a genius, a musical genius, man. And it was proof. And I seen it. So you know I seen it happen. So it wasn't like the things that we see now are surprising to me. You know what I mean? That guy was cutting his clothes in school, making his own stuff where people would laugh at him and clown him and everything. You know what I'm saying? Because he was so different, man. And he saw fashion and he saw you know things that. <laughs> Guys in high school like us, we weren't even really thinking about it at the time. So he, you know, he knew what he wanted and he he did it. So, you know, that song Rump Shaker is a Virginia Beach record. You know what I mean? Deeper than just recorded in Virginia Beach. It's the feel of it is Virginia. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And now, did any of the other local high schools around the area kind of collaborate as far as, okay, these are the music kids at this other high school in Hampton or Norfolk or Newport News or was everybody kind of separate um, and you maybe now, only saw them like at citywide talent shows? Mm-hmm. Let me tell you something. Everybody who's, I don't, okay, well, put it this way. Missy Elliott and Timberland was at that talent show too. You got to realize Tim and Pharrell had knew, known each other. I knew Tim. Tim was like already doing the DJ thing. Tim, Tim is like one of the dopest mixes and scratches you ever want to meet in your life here. So he was already doing his thing on the, the circuit of being a DJ. But then he started producing. So um, I never forget because Tim went to Salem High School. So you had, you know, Salem as well. And that's where Pusha T comes from, the Salem area. You know what I mean? And no malice. So when you look at it, I remember spending the night because Tim and I got cool and his mother and my mother. So I used to spend the night over Tim's house. Right. <laughs> and, um, yo, this dude was making the beats that you like the beats that we, that made him who he was, let's say like a one in a million or, you know, a pony, whatever. He was creating music like that. Then on an Elise drum machine in his room as a, as a teenager, you know what I mean? So I would spend the night over there just to kind of vibe with him. But it was like his stuff was so different, man. Like I had never heard anything like it in my life, even with Chad and them, because Chad was a keyboardist. So it made it a little more musical, a little easier to, 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 to approach from. And, and that style hadn't, you know what I mean? It hadn't hit yet. But when I tell you he wasn't doing anything. He'd been doing that for a minute. This is what I try to tell people. Most of the people that we hear and we celebrate and we talk about how great they are, they were already great. You know what I'm saying? They didn't get any better. They didn't start writing better. They didn't start producing better. They just got the opportunity. They just got the light. Their time came. They were always dope. You know what I'm saying? It's just that their time, even push a T. Let me, you like, because I was the first guy, the first solo artist to sign a deal out the area during that time in the sense that Pharrell and them knew they was going to do production. Him and Chad, they needed to do that. That was their lane. I personally had a son at the time. So Teddy and them put, you know, $50,000 on the table for me at the age of 17, 18 years old. So I'm grab, you know, I'm, I'm like, okay, so I'm going to do the solo deal thing and you guys can help with the, the project. You know what I mean? Um, so Chad and I actually, Chad produced my entire album. Master, well, except for Master Plan and Don't Change Your Mind. There's so many other records, man, that if the world could hear them records, 
Man, we would pay an arm and a leg because I'm telling you. Oh, I have them. I, I have thought- them. I have those records. Oh, I have. I've let people hear them, and I'm gonna tell you, it's still like right now classic material. It's a song called "What Can I Do," where he took the Biggie Smalls who shot your sample on some R&B stuff and killed it. Like Chad was always dope. Standalone Chad is dope. You know what I'm saying? So that's how that developed. We built that relationship, man, and we started moving. I was getting back to Pusha T. There was a girl named Tracy who I wanted to rap on a song on my album. And we've all, he's always been in the circle as well with Pharrell and all that. We always been cool, come over to me and my man E-Crib because we used to live together, a, a mutual friend. And um, he came and wrote a record for her then. Pusha T wrote her rap. And the joint was so dope, Markel, Teddy's brother, and I just sat by like, yo, you dope, man. Like, so what I'm trying to say is this is a, these guys, man, and the levels that they reached um, and the musical excellence that we've heard from them is not a mistake or it's not something they just started doing, man. These guys, they've been talented for a long time. Even before, yeah, even before there was a, a nickel on the table or you know a, a budget or any of that, they've been dope. Mm, definitely ahead of the curve because on YouTube, someone had posted the SBI demo. Surrounded by idiots. Oh yeah, I was like Pharrell and them. They used the Michael Jackson "Lady in My Life" sample before LL did for "Hey Lover," and it was like ninety ninety one. And they were so far ahead of the curve because when you first heard their beats, it was nothing like it. Because I remember when I first heard that's Timbaland on the SBI project. You know what I mean? Those beats, like you said, it was futuristic. Because Pharrell was a rapper in the group, but he wasn't producing. Tim was doing the production. So that record, all of that album, which was a, listen, classic. But, you know, Tribe and uh, Tribe Called Quest and that sound was pretty a prevalent influence in their life as well. You know, we all loved them. So that played a big part in that too. Pharrell, like, idolized Tribe Called Quest. So it was like, that was one of his biggest influences. But the Surrounded by Idiots project, Timbaland, you know, you know, he produced that, man. He started... He started walking in that production gift and it was just, it was a wrap from there. You see how he did. He became what he is, you know what I mean? Right, and then I remember before Sister Misty was in another group, it was called Phase, I want to believe, spelling is F-A-Y-Z-E. Yeah. And it had a record called Next Move that I'm sure probably got played on 103 Jams. Well, that's who she came to the talent show with, was the, the first group that she was, you know what I mean? The first, mm-hmm. the first group she was in. Cause that was like back during the Tony Thompson high five era, you know, cause he was there. You know what I mean? It was a lot of people came through there, man, on that talent show. It was a good time, man. It was a great time for music. And I think that's what people have to realize. Like Virginia produced musicians, you know what I'm saying? Like not just people who do music or people who want to rap or people who want to sing. like. This was a, a a pool that happened in Virginia Beach first, in a sense. You, but you know, I can't leave out my man Bank Dog from Norfolk. He's a Norfolk producer. But just speaking on the Virginia Beach side of it, it was like a a thing. You know what I mean? Because all of us was working together in a sense in the beginning. You know what I mean? So everybody got to sharpen each other and understand different things about about music. And then Teddy comes in and he opens everyone's eyes because that's everyone's first experience with a real studio. Up until then, we in Chad's room. Now we in a millions and millions of multi-million dollar studio. 
You know what I'm saying? With Ferraris in the front and and all of these, you know, Rolexes and that, all, just a life that, you know, a kid dreams about. And this is not the era we live in now. This is the era when records were actually being sold. So CDs were being sold. So if you sold, you know, three, four million CDs, that's what it was. It wasn't no streaming. So, you know, record companies were putting up a lot more money and they were um, backing their artists a lot harder. So we just was mesmerized. Like, yo, this has got to be, what is this? You know what I mean? We had never seen anything like that in Virginia. Yeah. Man, that's crazy. So do you remember the home studio setup that um Chad had as far as the early production equipment and what y'all used before you started working at Future? Chad had the 01W. He later got the Triton, but the 01W was his initial piece of equipment. The 01W, you know what I'm saying? That's where everything was built from. But what made it dope was, see, Pharrell's a drummer, okay? Uh, he, I, we played band together drums together in the band. He played bass, I played snare. So we can read music, we can read notations. Um, we can understand scales, we can understand rhythms, timings, uh, time signatures. So that's the difference. See, a lot of people don't understand that. They just, you know, they're just, I'm doing music, which is, you know, there's some people that are doing that. But when you get someone who's been exposed to how to understand things about music that you could only be understand if you're taught them it's only going to make what you do naturally better you know what i'm saying so that's what made them so dope because pharrell might make this ill beat and then chad come in with these keys then chat pharrell be like nah play this like try this one and that's how their sound started developing because you had two different cultures that's what made it so dope chad was into rave music and you know what I mean? All that kind of stuff. <laughs> and Pharrell was into hip hop and R&B and just, you know, pop and all of those. So when you bring this together, that's what started happening. So yeah, it was like Chad was always trying to make different sounds. And then he would take the sounds in the 01W and always tweak them to make them his own. He wouldn't just use them as a stock sound. You know what I mean? So that's what made it different too. But yeah, that's Chad's room. And then he had a microphone. So what he did was he had a closet in his room. Chad took that closet and turned it to a vocal booth. Yeah, had to had to had to had it padded out. Everything that people be doing now, he was doing back then. I'm talking about this is what ninety. You know what I'm saying? This is early. Yeah, and um, might even been a little earlier than that. Yeah, mid late eighties. You know what I'm saying? So um, yeah. With that being said, that's how it went. He had, a, and then he would upgrade. See, Chad, like I said, I went back. His parents would uh, invest into him. They believed in their son. You know what I mean? They believed in his gift would take him somewhere, which that investment obviously was correct. You know what I mean? And he, um, and his mother saved up, got him the Triton. He went to the next level. He had his whole room. Chad's room was, he had turned his room into a planetarium. So when you came in, it looked like the planet, you out of space, you know what I mean? So it, it went with the whole Neptune thing and it was just a dope time, man. It was a creative time, a freedom, you know what I'm saying? We weren't boxed in by genre or, you know, you gotta make it sound like this. So you gotta try to build a radio or it's gotta sound, it was just organic, man. And that's why I did what mm -hmm. it did. 